This episode of Gwinnett History Back in the Day is brought to you by Gwinnett Magazine's Guide to Gwinnett. Hey, I'm Nathan McGill for Gwinnett History Back in the Day. Today we're talking about what lies beneath. What lies beneath Lake Lanier? I'm sure many of you know of stories of racetracks and houses and hundreds and hundreds of graves that were flooded by the Corps of Engineers back in the 50s to form Lake Lanier. I found this one story particularly interesting. Valley to Valley Thomas woke up hungry and cold like everyone else at Valley Forge. Since he arrived with the 14th Virginia Regiment, the wants and the needs of the men had gotten worse every day. As the adjunct in the regiment, he was belted with Quartermaster John Moore and heard his pains daily expressed because there wasn't enough food or clothes for the men. And then it happened. Known locally as the January Thaw, the river which had been frozen over broke up and the ice melted from the warming temperatures. Through the cracks in the ice, the bounty of the Shad Run was visible. The Shad had made their run up the river, and now the men of George Washington's army assaulted the river with vigor yet unseen. Thomas Burford, sometimes spelled Burfoot, was part of a command chain that began to organize the catch. Fish were salted and stored so that the army would not go hungry for the remainder of the winter. After the war, Thomas followed the Great Wagon Road south and settled in another valley. This valley hosted the Chattahoochee River. Thomas Burford would spend the closing years of his life in this warmer place. Like many in the area, he was a farmer and became part of the community that relied on the life-giving powers of the water, the life-giving powers that only Thomas could truly understand and he would often tell his family of the shad that made Valley Forge. In 1838, Thomas Burford's life ended, and he was buried in the Hutchins family plot near the river. His body would be forever tied to the river. From such a peaceful place of repose, you can imagine Sidney Lanier observing the waters as he crafted his famous Song of the Chattahoochee. The river not only hosted the beauty of nature, but the crossroads of diversity and commerce. The federal road into the Cherokee Nation crossed the river here, near current-day Flowery Branch, and then climbed about a mile to the ridgetop where it intersected with the Hog Mountain Road at Young's Tavern. It was from this crossing near Burford's grave that boats were built to carry the U.S. Army supplies to a new outpost called Fort Peachtree. If you ever wonder why there's so many roads named Peachtree, these days, we call Fort Peachtree by another name, Atlanta. Out of its abundance, the river was once again serving the military. The river would be called to serve again, and so too would the Revolutionary War veteran Thomas Burford. Burford had served his new nation in the Continental Line and had been rewarded with a land grant. But in 1956, his final act of duty would play out. The land was surveyed. The families compensated and relocated. The dam would soon flood the valley, and all that was left was to get the last portions out. 
After receiving family permission for a reinterment, Thomas Burford's remains were moved by the Corps of Engineers. As with all things, the only constant is change. The church where Burford was buried has been renamed and a modern cemetery placed across the street. But if you go, next to the hardwoods lies a small plot with a black iron fence. Several plain tombstones are enclosed, and among them one identifies the occupant as Thomas Burford, the man who would travel from Valley Forge to the valley beneath Lake Lanier. Today our stories come from what lies beneath Lake Lanier. Named for the Georgia poet and musician Sidney Lanier, Lake Lanier was created in the 1950s when the United States Army Corps of Engineers built Buford Dam for the purposes that included flood control, power generation, and recreation. It's the primary source of water for Gwinnett County, and the lake has 692 miles of shoreline and is 26 miles long covering almost 47 miles of the original riverbed. At the dam, the lake is more than 200 feet deep. It was 1958, and a young woman, Della Parker Young, and her friend Susie Roberts had spent the night out at a local roadhouse, the Three Gables in Dawsonville. Della worked at Riverside Military Academy, but would never report to work again. Susie's 1954 Ford was last seen at a gas station the two girls had left without paying. And the only clue at the scene was a set of skid marks across the road, which seemed to suggest that a car had skid off Lanier Bridge on Dawsonville Highway and into the lake below. Yet no vehicle could be found. Divers were brought in to search for the car, and they just didn't find one. For 18 months, Police were unable to find any further clues and no trace of the missing women or the car. And the girls and the car remained missing, despite repeated searches. But then a fisherman named C.A. Simpson made a gruesome discovery when the decomposed body of a lady suddenly floated up out of the depths in 1959. Oddly, the corpse, which could not be completely positively identified at the time, was missing two toes from the left foot and both of her hands. She was eventually buried in an unmarked grave in Alta Vista Cemetery. Soon after the discovery of the Lady of the Lake, as newspapers across the country would call her, including the New York Times, a ghostly young woman dressed in a blue dress and missing her hands began to appear to locals. Stories would soon spread across the region of a ghostly figure walking up and down the length of Lanier Bridge, looking for her missing hands. This was 1960s, the 1970s, the 1980s, and the two girls whose car went missing off that bridge became more and more forgotten, and the Lady of the Lake more and more of a legend. However, the connection of why this lady of the lake would pace up and down Lanier Bridge remained a mystery until November of 1990, when a construction on an expansion of Lanier Bridge was underway. 
As construction crews were dredging the bottom of the lake in order to step up the pillars for expansion, they uncovered a rusted-out hulk of a 1954 Ford, which inside remained a human body. This car had been hidden within tree trunks, mud, and other debris in 90 feet of water on a steep slope. The body inside was decomposed to the point of being unidentifiable, but the belongings found on it, including a purse, rings, and a watch, were able to conclusively prove that the body was that of the long-missing Susie Roberts. And in light of this discovery, it was concluded that the other body had indeed been Della Parker Young. And so the headstone was changed accordingly, and Susie Roberts was buried beside her. Thus solving the mystery of the Lady of the Lake. Now this is the kind of history that shocks most people. Is it history? Or is it legend? Is it lore? Perhaps some of this lore is just the tradition of southern cautionary tales. These ghost stories might prevent us from driving our boat too fast, drunken, hitting a rock, and falling in the water only to get sucked to the bottom and eaten by a giant catfish. And speaking of giant catfish, local fishermen have insisted that there are gigantic catfish in the lake, which reportedly reach sizes of five to seven feet long and are said to swallow up dogs that get too close to the water and even attack swimmers and divers. These giant catfish are said to be particularly attracted to the deep waters below Buford Dam. And there are various accounts of divers working in the area to examine the dam or fix bridges who have seen these huge fish for themselves. Which were scary enough to supposedly make some of the divers refuse to go back in the water there ever again. One of the most popular local tales concerning the alleged giant catfish of Lake Lanier concerns a truck carrying live chickens which supposedly hurtled off the Thompson Bridge in the 1980s and sank to the bottom along with its cargo. Divers were then sent in to examine the wreckage and to their horror found catfish the size of 12-year-old boys gathered about the sunken truck and engaged in a ravenous feeding frenzy, swallowing the chickens whole. I recently posted a Facebook question um, about the catfish in the lake. And to this day, there's still many Gwinnett natives that have stories to tell about the catfish and the divers around Buford Dam. The largest catfish that's ever been caught in Lake Lanier is roughly four feet long. And to a diver, maybe that fish looks pretty big. I've caught some pretty big catfish in my day and I've fished with chicken heads before in farm ponds. So, you know, I am, I am a country guy. <laughs> the chicken truck story is a classic rule legend. And it takes place on Lake Lanier. How big catfish can actually get is widely disputed. The record is supposedly 123 pounds. And it was caught in Kansas. But folks around these parts swear, swear by the giant catfish in Lake Lanier. 
We know we have some pretty big stripers, but the Gwinnett Catfish doesn't sound like that great of a baseball team. I guess the question becomes with these tales, is this real history or is this spinning a yarn, as some locals might call it? Well, around here, yarn spinning is a part of history. I'm Nathan McGill, and this is Gwinnett History, back in the day. This podcast is brought to you by Gwinnett Magazine's Guide to Gwinnett. Do you want to know where to go, what to do, when it starts, who to ask, what to buy, or how to help in Gwinnett County, Georgia? Well, join the thousands of other Gwinnettians who have already discovered the Guide to Gwinnett. Visit guidetogwinnett.com and get a free listing for your business. Check out all the marketing platforms for your business from Gwinnett Magazine, Gwinnett's definitive publisher of magazines, newsletters, and podcasts for over 20 years and counting. This episode of Gwinnett History Back in the Day was produced by me, Nate McGill, with writing and research assistance from Elijah Stansel, Brent Schwasher, and engineering assistance from Ron Baker and Wade Grigg. For more episodes of Gwinnett History Back in the Day, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. And also... Go to guidetogwinnett.com and sign up for the newsletter. That way you'll never miss an episode. Hope you have a great week.